Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so... Thank you. Someone clip that. I'm not playing in your league unless I can draft myself. (laughs) (laughs) Outside of football, I live a pretty boring life. With Matt Harmon. Last night at the bar we were at, I had some really bad queso. I've never had no bad queso, really. Because I know there's some guys that are like, oh, no, you know, I'm sticking to my diet. Well, I'm going to plan. I'm going to plan to make sure that I can have a plate. It's Friday, December 9th, and that means it's time to preview a week that could get you into the playoffs or could end your fantasy football playoff dreams and the great news is that we have two incredible folks to do that with uh, today the bad news is we have a bunch of teams that uh, aren't going to be available to help you this week but let's stick with the good news here this is a positive show Andy Barons, welcome to the show buddy how you doing I'm doing well. Uh, I feel like I've set some of the worst lineups that I've ever set this week because, again, we, week 14, we've got six teams on by. It's outrageous. Absolute attack. It's terrible. I'm playing Quez Watkins in like two leagues. I'm playing. I don't even want to go down the list of bad players I mean, that I'm playing. I am very curious, actually, who is the most disgusting player uh, that you're playing? Quez Watkins, pretty good. Um, pretty good one there. Uh, that's good stuff. The, the worst part, too, is that not only are players that we count on, you know, like Justin Fields, Terry McLaurin, you know, Christian Watson has emerged. Chris Olave's on by this week. Um, Jonathan Taylor, ever heard of him? He's on by this week. Defenses like the Falcons and the Bears and the Packers run defense. Like these are exploitable units that we'd love to yeah. like, throw a sleeper out there against and they're not available. But a guy who is always available to us whenever we need to throw up the signal, the triple D signal is Dalton Del Don. Dalton, what's going on, buddy? What's up, guys? Yeah, six buys, no Jimmy G, a real weak week of NFL. But I'm excited to be talking football with you guys, especially Andy Barron's. I don't think it's it's been a while, man. It's been a while, yeah. To, yeah, you've right. been talking in the back. We even we even completed a, a trade in the league together. Can you imagine? You always talk trash that I'm impossible, but we even executed one recently. <laughs> the the first trade that Dalton Del Don has completed in I, probably 15 years, 20 years, who knows? Epic. <laughs> no, that that's what the, what was the trade? Oh man, League of Leagues. So it was a cross sport trade. It's I mean, get into oh, the lead. Yeah, it's way oh, too God. complicated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's no, and no, that's no. probably why it worked, right? Because it was so yep. easy for you know. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's exactly. But anyway, let's let's. I let's did unload Mike trade. Evans on uh, Dalton. So. Oh, I know. Yeah, actually, I traded for our, your guy Harmon, and he's oh, big Mike Evans lost. guy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Yeah. yeah. Oh that's, man! That's, All right, beautiful stuff. Gone well. Yeah. No kidding. Beautiful stuff. All right. Enough fooling around. Let's get on to serious business here. We've got games to talk about. The people need their takes. First game up here, 
you know how we do this thing. Uh, each guy gives one point uh, about this game that they uh, you absolutely need to know that they want to highlight. And then we end up talking about the whole damn game anyways. Let's get it started here with Eagles, seven-point favorites at the New York Giants. Andy, Jalen Hurts has been pretty unbelievable lately. Yeah, I, I love, first of all, that this game matters. That's fun. Um, J- Jalen Hurts has just been unreal, right? Like, wh- whatever you thought of him coming into this season, his since their bye, so in his last six games, since their bye, uh, 14 touchdown passes, only one interception. He's he's rushing for nearly 53 yards per game. He's got three rushing touchdowns um, every week, 20 plus fantasy points. So he has been, um, you know, the ceiling is like nearly 40 fantasy points. Right. And the floor right now is like 20. Um, It's it's just an ideal situation. uh, Fantasy wise, he gets an exploitable defense here. I mean, you don't even care. Like he's arrived at the point where you don't even care what the matchup is. There's there's like a new name every week that we throw into conversations with Patrick Mahomes for the MVP conversation. And I feel like it's, you know, Joe Burrow is getting a lot of love this week, but I, man, for me, not that they, not that you even vote for a second person, but like, it feels like Jalen Hurts is, is pretty solidly number two right now. Jalen Hurts has been so good that I feel like he could end up kind of messing up like I don't like when voters do this but the MVP voting could be so close between Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts that they eschew all these like great wide receivers like Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson that are having these big big seasons and are just like all right just give give offensive player of the year to Jalen Hurts which is kind of BS because MVP is like a QB only award at this point so we should just only make them eligible for that you know very unfair very unfair attack to you know I guess running backs but definitely to wide receivers as well Uh, but yeah Jalen Hurts been that good Dalton I had a a big conversation about how these two guys Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown have brought out the best in each other um Andy gut check me right now like Jalen Hurts coming up on a on a contract discussion too with him I feel like he's gonna moonwalk into being like a 45 million dollar a year dude at this point that's the as soon as you said contract that's the number that popped in my head not that I'm like an expert in in what these guys are gonna get paid they should all get paid um but but 45 is probably the number, right? Has to be, has to be. He's the, I mean, he's the offense. You've built an offense that is Jalen Hurts. He's, he's kind of inseparable from this whole thing. So that's probably the number. That's wild. Dalton, um, I don't know if I have the, I don't know if I can say it with a straight face what you wrote on the outline here, but uh, <laughs> Jalen Hurts is, is not the only, uh, is not the only mobile quarterback who's been good in fantasy this year. Yeah. First, in I this game. Up- on on Hertz is that I'm just kicking myself. I did not bet any MVP futures. I had him as my number two ranked fantasy QB and have tickets on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. And he fits the criteria, just being the quarterback yeah. on the yeah. one seed in the conference. They win every year and he was a long shot. So it was just so obvious in hindsight. Um, so hopefully Mahomes wins that just for my own sanity, especially with this Justin <laughs> Jefferson fiasco I, I complained about yesterday to you, Harmon. But Vanilla Vic. <laughs> That's what we're all, we're all rooting for is your sanity, pal. That's yeah, the only thing we care yeah, about. Thank, thank you. Agree. You know me well then. Uh, Vanilla Vic is what Saquon Barkley referred to as Daniel Jones, who's on pace for the 14th most rushing yards by a quarterback in NFL history. Last week, he had the fifth most uh, yards after contact among all players. You know, Josh Jacobs and Pollard were directly in front of him. Nick Chubb was behind him. So a good real-life runner and really helpful in fantasy terms, uh, despite just arguably the worst weapons around him. And um, yeah, basically... Daniel Jones, sneaky fantasy value thanks to his legs, and it'd be nice to see him get some receivers next year. 
Yeah, I well, I mean, is he going to be the? This is another guy. Like, is he going to be the Giants' quarterback next year? You know, he's a free agent. They declined the fifth year option. I feel like this team's kind of regressed. Their last three games, they have a minus seven point differential. That's bottom ten mark in the NFL. I feel like the Giant. I feel like the Giants have sort of come back to earth. And I don't know what do we what do we say to the people about Saquon Barkley, right? Because he has been Dalton. We talked about this uh, on the show yesterday. He's been super inefficient the last few weeks, and the Eagles like. Run defense, I, I think they've sort of kind of gotten it right with these guys like Ndamukong Sue and and, uh, and Linval Joseph that they signed, but this has been an exploitable run matchup uh, throughout the course of the season. Now, I think they have shorted up lately, and I ranked him ninth. Um, I'd play Pollard over him. Uh, healthy Swift, which we'll get to, I even would, would prefer in a DFS. Uh, yeah, no, I don't like the matchup. Uh, I don't like the way Barkley's looked lately, and he's obviously are playing him because of the volume, but at DFS, I'm looking elsewhere this week. Yeah, this game feels pretty tidy. Like uh, this offense, we yeah. know that the Eagles are super highly concentrated. You pretty much play all the dudes there that you know. And if you're Andy Barron's and you're desperate, I guess you could play <laughs> Quez Watkins. <laughs> and then on the Giants, it's uh, it's Barkley, it's Jones, and it's Slayton and Logout. So that's pretty good stuff. Let's move on to the next game here. Another divisional matchup, Jets at Bills. We know that last time, Dalton, these two teams played, the Jets upset the Bills with their not normal NFL quarterback who was starting then, but now they have a normal NFL quarterback and he's been incredibly beneficial to the offense, but especially Mike White has been beneficial to the great Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I just love him. I can't say enough about the rookie. I ranked him just sickly aggressively this week. I think number six, um, I would treat him as a top three or at worst five dynasty receiver right now. His numbers and yards per route run with Flacco and White throwing to him. I know you don't love that stat, Harmon, but it's like it's matched only by all pros. So just take away the Zach Wilson uh, and look at what he's doing as a rookie and just watch the film. I mean, this yeah. guy's he's sick. He's special. He's awesome. What what more can you say? I didn't want to use the he is him all in capital because that's a little bit overused right now. <laughs> but Garrett, Garrett Wilson is is the dude. I mean, he's whatever. I, I'm going to be so overdrafting this guy next year. It's going to be silly. Uh, just to just to endorse Dalton's weekly rank on Garrett Wilson, he is actually, you know, if you do the thing that is not really necessarily fair to do and you just back out all those Zach Wilson games, he's averaging 17.3 fantasy points per week in Yahoo default scoring, uh, <laughs> which which would make him the wide receiver six on the season if he'd done that for the full year. Like he just hasn't he just hasn't missed in a in a non Zach Wilson game. And his his spike weeks are incredible. Yeah, I mean, two things there. One, it it is totally okay to remove the Zach Wilson games because I know it's mean and I know I keep saying it, but he is just not a normal NFL quarterback, okay? Like yeah. Joe Flacco and Mike White, they're at least like regular old backup NFL quarterbacks. I think that's – and I love that Garrett Wilson loves Mike White too. That's great to see, like that he's like, I'll go to war for that boy, that whole thing. That's that's great stuff. You know, we love, we love to see that. But also, Dalton, I don't – I mean, I don't – hate yards per route run i just hate yards right and and I, and listen when it back when it backs up like this guy being in yards per route run being up there with uh like all pros and stuff and that also matches with he gets open he makes plays he on film plays like an all pro i'm cool i'm cool with the yards per route run endorsement there dalton so don't don't uh don't don't paint me into a corner with this whole thing and last week he was like three inches from stepping out, out of bounds on that one play he yeah. would have he would have almost had a touchdown last week too sorry go ahead andy I, I was just going to say some of his best moments last week were uh, were misfires from Mike White, right? Like he he's he was just winning constantly. He he's an absurd player, and, and like he's a, I think he's a great route runner and a great separator right now without actually being like a an elite technician, which almost gives you more hope that sort of like um 
I mean, I think I think Odell Beckham in his prime was always like a was a was a great technician, but um, he was incredibly explosive and always open as a rookie without really knowing those like veteran NFL nuance type deals. And then you just saw him get better and better and better, obviously, until the injuries sort of started to take their toll and stuff. I feel like that could be Garrett Wilson's trajectory where once he starts to learn these things that like Justin Jefferson knows about route running and like Stefan Diggs knows about route running, it's like, how are you? I mean, you already can't really stop this guy as long as Zach Wilson, like Zach Wilson's the only thing they can stop him. But as long as he has a normal NFL quarterback, how are you ever going to stop this guy? He's just a really unbelievable player. Um, Andy, let's talk about the other team in this game. They're they're 10 point favorites, by the way, the Bills are (laughs) at home, which is pretty, I I don't want to say it's outrageous, but it is aggressive considering the Jets defense is awesome and they have a good team and they've already beat this team this year. It is a it is a big number. I will point out um, that Buffalo is averaging seven point four yards per play at home, and I'm not I'm not your home road splits guy. Like that's that's Dalton, um, but that is a crazy <laughs> number. Like number two in the NFL, they're first in the NFL in in home yards per play. Number two is like six point one or six point two. That is a normal, really good number. Um, seven is stupid. Like that, that's just, yeah. that's just outrageous. Um, so they've been great at home for whatever that's worth. And they've got home games coming up in their next two. And then they've got the bears, right? So like, it's a, it's a pretty friendly schedule. I think, I think probably the most interesting thing on the, on the Buffalo side, cause this is another one of those teams where we kind of know, kind of know who to start and what to expect. Um, but the, the backfield, uh, has, has taken a turn, right? Like James Cook just played 43% of the snaps, essentially, Splitting snaps with Devin Singletary, um, who also had a good week, mostly because he scored a touchdown. But um, and it it worked for Cook. Uh, uh, Twenty touches, hundred and five scrimmage yards. He was a wildly popular fantasy ad this week. He was he was already a recommended stash for fantasy managers. And I'm interested to see where this goes. I don't exactly know where this is going to go. I can't. You know, who knows if they're going to have like a bunch of games where they lean on the running game. If they do. Um, then there's a real path for Cook to start seeing. And I just didn't think he'd be this sort of player who was going to routinely get like 12 plus touches each week. If he is in Buffalo's offense, that's that's not a guy you can sit. You know, just from a player comparison standpoint, James Cook kind of reminds me of like a smaller Dalvin Cook. Do any of you guys see that? <laughs> no, no, actually, I don't see it at all. <laughs> <laughs> terrible joke i'm so i'm so sorry but uh i had to do it. um yeah no i i'm i'm in on yeah that was that was rough uh I, i'm in on james cook uh great stuff there what about the jets backfield though boys because you know michael carter apparently is back he's gonna play but um robert sala also says that uh zonovan bam knight is not quote not going anywhere what and you're a, you're a, you're a veteran of the game what does that mean no, I, I trust that. I imagine that uh, we're going to see a split like we were going to get, you know, a couple of years or a couple of weeks ago in that in that Bears game. Right. Like it was clear that they intended for Zonovan Knight to have a huge role. And, and I imagine it's going to look just like that. Right. Like and, and that's a game that that Carter uh, uh, checked out of. And so it was the emergence of Zonovan Knight. But they he was he was obviously going to see um, 12 to 15 touches in that thing. Almost all of them carries, I would assume like he's, you know, he's sort of that, that early down guy that you would, that you would pair with Michael Carter. So I, like, I think Carter is startable in a, in a flexy sort of way. Um, but I, I think Knight, especially with the performance last week, really, we talked about this on the pickups pod. Um, thought he kind of consolidated, uh, uh, power in, in that backfield. And he is very likely to see, you know, whatever the number is 14 to 
15 touches, something like that. That feels pretty bankable. It's a it's a lousy matchup. You know, again, they're a 10 point dog uh, that, you know, Vegas is not expecting the run to necessarily be in play for that team. I'm also like I, I know that the. I know that the under the hood numbers are really good for Zonovan Knight, and I think some of that is is r- related to who they've played. Um, he's forcing a bunch of missed tackles, but like he's not uh, stylistically, he's not he's not like the missed tackle guy. He's not the the you know the the uh, the guy who wins with like crazy elusiveness. He he earned the nickname Bam because he wants to hit you. <laughs> like that's right. how that like, that's how he's finishing runs. Um and it's great. It's 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 awesome to watch, right? Like he he runs into a guy at the end of every play and he gains two yards out of it. Um and and it's fun. But I I I've heard some discussion about Zadova Knight that I think is is getting a little, you know, a little loud over the skis a bit. Yeah, how how both backfields get divvied up is key in this game. The Cook, I'm I'm ranking Cook ahead of Singletary. And what does Sala yeah. mean when he says Bam will keep the role? Does it mean the feature role or just a role there? And this week, yeah, the Jets are going to be passing uh, more than usual. And one other quick note, uh, the Jets, uh, their pass rate over expectation has dramatically changed with and without Zach Wilson as well. And obviously game script here will dictate passing too. So absolutely the touches and how they're divvied up in both of these backfields will be key to to, to pay attention to. Yeah, absolutely. I do feel like you can play both these backs. I also think, look, that you got to take small victories when uh, you end up hyping a second-year receiver who gets in fights with his team, uh, like I have done for two straight <laughs> years here. But it was good to see Elijah Moore uh, run a route on 75% of the dropbacks, uh, you know, right up there with Corey Davis for, for third on the team. Davis is dealing with an illness right now. It feels like the entire NFL is sick right now. Everybody's on the injury report with an illness, which sounds like sounds like humankind right like we're all i saw saw i i'm gonna talk about a tiktok here which is embarrassing but i did laugh the other day i saw i saw a tiktok that was like welcome to adulthood and welcome to a concept called always a little bit sick it's like what's that oh well in fall and winter you're when you're if you're of the age of 30 or you're of the age of 25 you're pretty much just always sick and yeah that sounds like the entire nfl injury report at this point so i mean Corey davis probably ends up playing but i still think elijah moore nice little uh victory there for him to at least uh you know get back in the box a little bit and i think if you're desperate in a, in a shootout type situation here i think this game is going to be high scoring i think you can you know play him in a bi-week emergency type of situation let's move on to the next game here Vikings at Lions, 52 point over under. The Lions are two point favorites. Dalton, Jared Goff, your guy, biggest Jared Goff bro I know here, Dalton Del Don. <laughs> uh, his, you, you guys are, are riding high there in the Jared Goff fan club, especially with the Lions as two point favorites. Yeah, I don't know if Andy was mocking me with his split thing, but boy, it's a perfect game to follow that because the the Lions and Goff are just (laughs) massive in these splits. The Lions are only the Bills are averaging more points per game than the Lions at home, uh, where Goff is 17 touchdowns compared to just two on the road. Only Patrick Mahomes is averaging more touchdown passes this year than Jared Goff is when playing in Detroit. Good matchup this week. Um, Only the Cowboys have a higher implied team total than the Lions. I really like DeAndre Swift, too. I'll let Andy talk more on him, but he showed limited with his ankle injury. So, I mean, I ranked him, I ranked him super high, like my sixth back and was going to use him in DFS, but now who knows his his availability. But I uh, love him in this matchup and with him finally, you know, back to playing, out snapping Jamal Williams last week. 
Yeah, I think um, like Dalton hit on one of the big discussion uh, uh, topics in this thing, and that's like DeAndre Swift being back. And he's right. Like we we obviously need the practice reports to to look a little bit more encouraging. But he just played 39 snaps, uh, handled 18 touches. Uh, so highest total since opening week when he was great. And uh, in the same game, Jamal Williams saw his lowest snap share of the season. He still scored. He always scores. Uh, they lean on him inside the five and whatnot. So like Jamal Williams is still a startable player, but uh, perhaps no longer in line for a, you know, it's not a given that he's going to see 15 touches anymore. Um, it's a great sign if you've been like, I don't know, is DeAndre Swift the kind of player that is like, he's going to, he's going to really blow up for you when you're in the consolation bracket. <laughs> like maybe he hasn't, he hasn't really uh, been, been particularly useful to us all season, but Great sign from him last week. Yes, six touchdowns on fewer than 100 touches this year. 6.5 yards per carry in Detroit. Jamal Williams has 10 touchdowns inside the two this year. It's just crazy. Uh, very. I mean, I, I I think Swift could be that guy, but it requires him to be healthy. I mean, they have an awesome offensive line. Jamison Williams in this passing attack. I mean, it's really a, a really interesting setup. It's the Coors Field of of football is the games in Detroit, but we need him to be healthy. Yeah. Yeah, and Justin Jackson's still kicking around with like, you know, 15 snaps last week. Um, didn't get super, super involved. Uh, but man, it is like, uh, it, I think they like Justin Jackson enough to the point that if they want to take it easy on uh, DeAndre Swift in those like passing game, you know, change of pace situations where they, I think they kind of clearly value him. And then they obviously love Jamal Williams as a grinder. There is still a little bit of risk there. But we have talked about this defense, this Vikings group as a, like, you want to attack this unit, man, because it's so um exploitable so i do feel pretty good i yeah practice reports obviously notwithstanding i feel relatively good about the whole deandre swift thing and yeah i'm interested to see about jameson williams and you know is he gonna get more involved out there you know uh he was used as a punt gunner uh in his debut a little bit which by the way is not crazy because he was an incredible punt gunner uh at at you know at, at alabama and like whatever but um just want to see see if he gets more involved. I don't think he's similar to you know, it's not the same because he's actually on a team, but like I never felt like Odo Beckham was going to make a big fantasy impact this year. He's clearly yeah. not going to make a big fantasy impact this year. And I, I don't think Jamison Williams is a guy that's going to make a big impact this year, but just want to see more of him to know what the future will look like with him and how he will complement uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, who has just been, I mean, so unbelievable this year, which is great to see um, Vikings, though. Who, who uh, Andy? Talk to me. About, I mean, we, we want to talk about all these Lions stuff. The Vikings are are a good team, man. You know, they got they got guys we care about in fantasy. Yeah, well, it's just a super simple team for fantasy purposes, right? You're you're never you're never going to sit Jefferson. You're never going to sit Cook. Kirk Cousins in a week like this, um, in a in a matchup that isn't, you know, it's not. I, like the the Vikings defense is actually as as pliable and as user friendly as the Lions defense for sure, but it's a you know yeah. decent enough matchup. He's he's probably a top ten guy. Certainly with with six teams out and multiple injuries at quarterback, you're like Kirk Cousins going to start in every league. So it's just a it's just a pretty easy team for fantasy purposes. Hawkinson is still rolling. It's nightmare position. So it's just not a lot of confusion there. No, not really. Um, Thielen, I think you can play in, in, in a week where there's all these dudes on buys as well. Um, it is worth remembering that Justin Jefferson had his worst game of the season against these Detroit Lions, but um, Jeff Okuda on the injury report with an illness. Uh, they did a lot, obviously, to take away Justin Jefferson, which then opened things up for other players and like the Vikings won the game. So Justin Jefferson even said after the game, like, I don't care, right? Like we won the game um, 14 yards, whatever. It doesn't matter. So just worth remembering that. 
like you said, you're not going to not play Justin Jefferson, but maybe that helps you break some ties in like DFS or whatever. But at the same time, if he goes up and rolls up this defense for 100 yards and two touchdowns or something, you would be 0% surprised. Yep. Uh, next game up here, another divisional matchup. Love the divisional matchups this late in the year. Jaguars at Titans. We actually have a lot to talk about here, Andy, because we got into a big discussion about Derrick Henry in the pre-show uh, little chat here. Yeah, uh, I mean, I really I, I just think it's one of the biggest questions in fantasy right now is is the the health of Derrick Henry. Um, he's playing, but in the last four weeks, he has like the fifth most carries among all running backs and he's 20th in rushing yards, um, 2.8 yards per carry during that stretch His one touchdown. His longest run has been 10 yards like that. That's the you know, we think of Derrick Henry just like mowing people down, going 70 yards, right? Stiff arm, stiff arm. Um, none of that has happened in a, in a month. And he's had some respectable matchups, too, right? Like matchups that we thought he was really going to be able to exploit. And so like the discussion that we were having pre-show was was sort of trying to read the tea leaves to figure out, you know, is he hurt? If he is hurt, what is it? Because there was, you know, before all this started, before this stretch of games started, there was a practice week that he he sat like every every day of the practice week. But the team said, oh, it's it's non-injury related it feels like they are probably hiding an injury, um, which of course they're not supposed to, you would expect him to, to pop up on the injury report. Um, but that like the usage has been there. It's just none of the results have been there. I'm looking at the week 14 injury report. He is on the injury report, but again, it says limited participation in practice, not injury related, which a couple things here. I, if there's one thing I've learned a lot, obviously talking with Austin Eckler for the show every week, if there's one thing I've learned, it's that like these the fantasy bros out there that are like living and dying by the injury report and you think you've like cracked some code by, <laughs> oh, this pattern in the injury report will really help me predict, you know, participation during the game or effectiveness during the game. I'm sorry, but these teams are lying to you with the injury report. They're playing games with the injury report. Like you said, Andy, they're not supposed to. But they do, and there's yeah. stuff that, like, I mean, Eckler gets on the show, and he's like, I got this wrong, I got this wrong, I got this wrong, I got this wrong. You try, p- pull up on the injury report, and it's like, Austin Eckler, full participation in practice, <laughs> you know, no injury designation. So, yeah, Derrick Henry could easily be dealing with something that is limiting him, and you'll never know it. Like, you'll get the report after the season that, oh, Derrick Henry's undergoing, a, you know, per, you know some, some surgery or whatever, some cleanup yep. thing. Um, but you'll never know. So this idea that we are... Like, oh, we've really cracked the code. Like, if you oh, if you just wait till the Friday injury report, now now you'll know everything. You don't know you, you don't know a damn thing with this injury report. So on one hand here, you can draw a direct line to that weirdness, him missing practice and then the sudden drop in production. And it is dramatic without question. But then I'd push back a little on Andy and say that three of those last four opponents have been tough. The Broncos have a good run defense. The Bengals have the toughest uh, success rate with DJ Reader on the field. And the Eagles have totally revamped that line. And the other game was against the Packers and he scored 25 points, albeit one of those was a pass. Um, yeah, and, he did have right. that, and he did have that long play where he fumbled at the goal line. It was a long reception. Now, having said that, Pat Thorman tweet we referenced yesterday, it was like this first game in forever without breaking a tackle last week. Now that big Q mark is showing up on, on, the, on this week's 
uh, matchup, which could make a big decision for people playing uh, DFS. I mean, here's Graham, Bar- Graham Barfield tweet. Uh, in, in, win- in Titans wins this year, he's averaging 21.4 fantasy points and just 12 points in losses. And this week, that spread's creeping to four points. They're at home. If Lawrence sits out against Jacksonville, no Traylon Burks. I mean, this could be a really, really uh, nice setup for Henry here if he's healthy again, though. So I could see both sides here, and it's an interesting one. And these next three games, not only could they win all three games, they're all, uh, especially the two following Jacksonville, they're all absolute cakewalk run defense matchups. I mean, they get Jacksonville this week, then they get the Chargers, then they get the Texans. Like this, you know, we always, uh, when he first popped up on the fantasy scene, it was like Derrick Henry was D Henber, right? Or it was December D Henber, the whole thing. Like this is his month. This should be his month. The 11th, 18th, the 24th Christmas Eve should be his big party. You know, just dropping an absolute hammer on the damn Texans. But Again, I come back to the injury report thing, and this might just like this is a there might be something going on that we just don't know about. And like, guys, I I feel silly having this whole big discussion about it because at at one point in in some sense, like I I know I told you this yesterday, Dalton, but Andy, somebody asked me like uh, in my Discord, like, is it time to panic on Derrick Henry? I'm like, I don't know what panicking is gonna like. I don't know what good end panicking is gonna do you because you're still playing Derrick Henry, and like, (laughs) there's no. there's no trade deadline, right, coming up. Like, you better – you must be absolutely spoiled at running back if you can sit there and say, like, yeah, this matchup against the Chargers, I'm going to go ahead and sit Derrick Henry next week. Uh, you know, so good good luck with that. But I don't know. It's just worth talking about to manage the – like, I guess managing expectations for daily fantasy, for any prop betting stuff. Like, it's just, just something going on with the Titans running back, whether it's injury-related or not. Something's up, and we got to – I don't know. We have to unpack it. I was feeling terrible as soon as I started giving the Derrick Henry stats because that's like my least favorite thing to do is just make you feel bad about a player that you're going right. to play anyway. <laughs> right? Like, I hate yeah. that. It yeah, furthers my uh, sleeper Chig Okonkwo, the rookie tight end who leads all tight ends in yards per route run this year, minimum 100 routes, right right ahead of Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, and Mark Andrews. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, 78% <laughs> route participation after Burt's left last week. So especially if Henry's hurt, um, we're looking at this guy getting unleashed, so I really like like him as a sleeper. But um, I hear you, Andy. But it's it's more of like a DFS conversation because yes, you're yeah. And, and are we ranking Henry one? Or are we ranking him seventh on our fantasy pros ranks? You know, that's really what's going on here. But man, I hope he is healthy because I mean, NFL is always a, a much more fun league when Big Dog is is running amok. Yeah, no doubt. Um, love the Aconquo call. Um, nailed it. Uh, mm-hmm. hey, on Wikipedia, his na- his nickname is uh, actually Chig. So we can we can we're not like trying, you know, there's a group of people that really try to shame you if you don't, you know, try to nail. Remember, Albert, remember, Albert, O. remember that guy? Yeah. If you didn't Albert like try Zero. to nail. Yeah, yeah. Albert Zero. If you didn't try to nail his full pronunciation uh, of his name every single time you talked about him, there's like a small, small group of people that will shame you for it. But hey, listen, Chig. That's his nickname on Wikipedia. Wikipedia is uh, an impregnable source, you know, uh, you, you can't, <laughs> completely of the most of the most high order. So, by the way, born in 1999, that is just that's rough to look at. Uh, but, yeah, Dalton will Dalton will go ahead and hype the 23 year old here uh, as a sleeper. You know, the, the big time athlete. Andy, let's leave it to us to discuss some disgusting old veterans uh, in this game. Like with no Traylon Burks, I do like Robert Woods, you know, who was and even Nick Westbrook Akina. If you're absolutely desperate at the wide receiver position, look, 
you know, um, I talked about this this with uh, with James Coe yesterday. You know, Michael Pittman, Terry McLaurin, Chris Olave, all those dudes are out. That sounds like a list of guys like I <laughs> I love, right? Like I got some teams with a lot of those guys on there. So I might be in the Robert Woods situation. I might be in the the, the Zay Jones and Marvin Jones situation because the Titans, their top five and explosive passing plays allowed. So this does feel like a game if Trevor Lawrence goes and it gets like mildly interesting. There are some sleeper wide receivers that can help you get through this hideous bye week. Yeah, um, Zay Jones and Marvin Jones uh, are, are probably more interesting to me, but it it hinges, of course, on on Trevor Lawrence. I like what a relief to see Trevor Lawrence come in come back into that game last week. By the way, because that that sure felt in the moment like it was going to be a rest of season injury. Um, so I'm I'm glad he's like ambulatory. I'm I'm glad he's a possibility. Um, I, I don't I don't even want to think about this offense without him though. You don't want to think well, CJ Beathard, isn't that I was going to say what? Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah. I have a, I have a notion of CJ Beathard that I just don't want to see disturbed by any actual on field play. <laughs> you like the idea of him more than uh, the actual <laughs> ability. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, who among us doesn't have at least like four or five players in the NFL that we like the idea of better than actually what yes. happens. <laughs> All right, next game up here again, another divisional contest: Browns at Bengals. Bengals are five and a half point favorites. Uh, Dalton, I think the biggest fantasy football question in this game uh, is if Joe Mixon gets back out there, how much work is Samaj P. Ryan going to get? Because, dude, I I feel like watching the games, he's earned uh, more run in this backfield because he's played so well. Yeah, it's, it could be a great matchup with, a, I mean, a great favorable game script to go along with the poor run defense they're facing here. So, yeah, that's just key. Your guess is as good as mine to how the carries will get divvied up. But P. Ryan was the main passing down back beforehand. So, yeah, he's a, still remains at worst a flex option. But um, I'm most interested in talking to Sean Watson, too, here. Here, curious Andy's take. And um, I, I, I used him in my bust column. He looked so bad in his return last week. Uh, the Bengals have quietly... Uh, been really good haven't allowed a quarterback to throw for 300 yards against them all season and just one time multiple TD passes you know and they just face Patrick Mahomes so um, in, in obvious passing downs because the Bengals have really short up the run D with Reader, I think this could get ugly for Watson I'm ranking the Bengals fantasy defense aggressively mm. I just to to take it back to to Mixon and Pirine for a second I I like, I think it's worth remembering that the last time Joe Mixon played a full game, he had 211 scrimmage yards and five touchdowns, right? Like, it was, it was, oh, yeah. a, good, it was good a pretty good game. <laughs> like, it was a pretty fair game. And, um, you know, it was one of those things that you just see during game day on Twitter. People, like, everybody tweeting about how much better Samaj P. Ryan looks than Joe Mixon ever looked. And, like, I health, healthy Joe Mixon is a dangerous player, is a very good player. So it wouldn't. It wouldn't actually shock me if they just go back to doing what they were doing before, which is we see some. To be AP fair, Ryan. yeah, go ahead. To be fair to those anti uh, anti mixing folks, uh, that one game was pretty much like it was a. Oh, it's his uh, whole like season. A, it's like it's like a yeah, third of his fantasy season. points this, this yeah. year. It's, it's like almost forty percent of his fantasy points, like as of that moment when when that game occurred. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get it. Um, he's just been a, you know, he, he's been a pretty special back over the course of his career. And like, I don't know, I, it's not going to shock me if the team just goes back to Joe Mixon. Um, but P. Ryan has been good. Like he's a good player that they, that they trust. Um, I don't, I don't think he's, I, I don't think it's a situation that's going to go back to 50, 50. And then, um, as Dalton was saying with Deshaun, like, I, you know, I've barely got any Deshaun Watson. I have him in yeah. a couple of super flex leagues, but like, 
it was one of those situations where you were just thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be smart about this. I'm going to take a wait and see approach and it's probably going to go well against Houston. Come on, it's Houston. And then I'm going to feel good enough to start Deshaun Watson. And then it was terrible. <laughs> like oh, to, yeah. to, and, and Watson has since talked about how strange it was, uh, you know, facing Houston and how, how conflicted he felt and all that. It, fine. He was 12 for 22. He had like 131 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. And like, I have zero confidence starting him here in what should also be a pretty friendly matchup. But I just, I, I'm, I'm sitting, I have him in two super flex leagues. I'm sitting him in both. And the Bengals defense is good, like right, like the the Texans defense is is uh, quite quite the opposite of good uh, on a typical old Sunday. But the Bengals, like Lou Anarumo, pitches some absolute heaters, man. Like he he's been an unbelievable defensive coordinator uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, half time adjustments. He's so good. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sorry, he didn't. I mean, he just looked bad too. Watson. He had another play that was yeah. nearly yeah. returned for a touchdown. They just ruled it an incomplete pass, but he fumbled on his own. And uh, he hasn't been playing since 2020. And um, he was bad in the preseason too. So I'm definitely would take a wait and see approach. Uh, interesting, you're even doing that in superflex leagues, Andy. That actually is a, more of a stance than me ranking him 18th. <laughs> yeah, Bengals. Bengals are ninth in dropback EPA allowed on the season. Like they're just a very, very good defense. You know, even if they have, if they've suffered injuries too. So. Yeah, I don't I don't know how you could feel real confident that like Deshaun's just going to come back in there and and especially uh you know Amari Cooper playing on the road. Ooh, no. I don't even think this is like this and that's another thing too. This passing game is not that talented. Like uh you know Cooper's fine, yeah. you know whatever, but DPJ is DPJ. I think he's an and okay. And Joku's huge. He might be out yeah. again. And Joku's like a really good tight end athletic. I mean, it's a big downgrade. They don't even use Harrison Bryant the same way. So yeah, it's not exactly yeah, he has a good offensive line and whatnot. But yeah, man, I I would not want to be relying on Deshaun Watson for my fantasy teams right now. And I'm just real curious, like the public sentiment, uh, you know, I know that obviously everybody is everybody. Nobody's going to like, oh, feel bad. And like, let's give Deshaun some time to get comfortable. Right. Like Dalton, we talked, I think we talked about this yesterday, but, um, you know, how quickly have people turned on Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson's like a, you know, rather, I mean, I wouldn't know that he's likable, but he certainly is not accused of the things that Deshaun Watson is accused of and, and uh, you know, whatever. So I'm just interested to see like the public sentiment if he struggles in a game like this. I don't know. People, people are people and, and just the team, too. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't think he is set up to succeed in this game overall. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got a bad real life game for sure. But could it perhaps be good for fantasy? We'll discuss. Searching for NBA playoff coverage. We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, Texans at Cowboys. Not a divisional game, but an, uh, a state battle here. Andy, the Texans are switching back to Dalton Del Don's guy, Davis Mills. Your guy, <laughs> Kyle Allen, was about the worst possible quarterback uh, you could have seen. Uh, in the NFL I mean and that's saying something because we've seen Zach Wilson play we've seen Marcus Mariota play we've seen Baker Mayfield play I think Kyle Allen 
maybe non-Zach Wilson division was the worst of them all. He um, he did achieve a kind of perfection in that the two defenses that he faced in his starts were both um, the top scoring fantasy defenses of the week. Uh, and, we, and we were we were certainly headed for that with Dallas, too. So as somebody who has a lot of shares of the Dallas defense, I am. I am profoundly disappointed that they are making the switch from Kyle Allen in this in this of all of all possible weeks. Um, which is not to say that Davis Mills won't also give you the football. He will. Uh, he'd he'd thrown eleven interceptions earlier in the year. Um, he's, you know, he, sometimes he's like a different quarterback from series to series. A lot of guys are like that. Um, but he's he's certainly nothing like Kyle Allen uh, is or was. Like Kyle Allen will take, uh, you know unlimited uh sack yardage unlimited sacks he'll give the ball away uh relentlessly um so it is just deeply disappointing that we're not going to get to see him against micah parsons relentlessly dalton how do you feel about your guy davis mills going against the dallas cowboys and possibly (laughs) being without both brandon cooks who well no kidding there but also maybe nico collins who did not participate in practice on wednesday uh according to the the all holy injury report uh with a foot injury uh what what, how do we feel about that for your guy uh brandon uh for uh, and it's a (laughs) it's it's a road game too dalton so davis mills in a lot of trouble I was going to say you're baiting me into my home road splits thing again because this the 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 poster boy for this is Davis Mills, who's dramatically worse on the road. So yeah, uh, this is not going to be good. They're the biggest underdogs of the NFL season, and that was uh, imagine without Cooks and Collins if they those guys are both out, that's problems. Um, I'll I'll circle back and say can both Dallas Cowboys running backs be top ten fantasy backs this week? I think pretty easily they could. Pollard was a number two fantasy back last week on fewer than fifteen touches. Zeke actually saw his highest snap share since week six I think he's definitely a top 12 fantasy RB uh yes the upside is not there with Pollard but his floor may even be higher and it's a terrific matchup against Houston last week Malik Davis was the number 27 fantasy running back on three touches and I could see something similar this week with just a a ton of garbage time for Dallas and 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 Malik Davis even seeing double digit carries in the fourth quarter that's the name I was going to throw out there. I can I can totally and we get in our, we get ourselves into all kinds of trouble in fantasy where we try to project game script. And game we're script. Like, okay, I then. totally agree. This is one of the rare. Sorry, I need to cut you off. I was going to I meant to say that I meant to say that you, you don't you'd be tricky to predicting game script. But a 17 and a half point spread with Davis Mills involved. I feel right. a little bit more comfortable. But sorry, yeah, continue. yeah. No, but I but I agree. Deep league. Um, Malik Davis is a guy who could see uh, 12 to 14 carries in this thing. That is totally in play. Um, yeah, it's, it's in play and this, this feels a lot like when the damn dolphins, uh, went against this Texas team a few weeks ago, they got, they threw up 30 at halftime and got everybody out of there. So I, I mean, I endorse basically any cowboy as a play, uh, but just remember, you know, if you're, if these guys are not playing in the second half at all, you know, I totally understand it. Uh, all right. Next game here, AFC. Oh, a barn burner of an AFC West matchup. Not really. Because this bad boy was flexed out of Sunday night football because the Denver Broncos are participating. <laughs> and both of you sickos have Denver Broncos notes on the outline. So, um, Andy, take it away. The, 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 <laughs> the excitement you have for these guys in this offense, who will split the one touchdown that the Denver Broncos will score? Uh, yeah, for, yeah, against the exactly. Kansas City Chiefs defense. Um, I, I actually have nothing enthusiastic to say about Denver. Um, most of my talking points were about just how hilariously bad they've been. It's sad, right? Like, it would have been a fun story. Had they, it's, 
it's fun in its own way that they're this outrageously bad, but they are they are averaging a league worst 13.8 points per game. That is hard to do. We don't see it very often. Um, they average 6.9 yards per pass attempt. Uh, they have only passed for eight touchdowns on the season. So, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> It's always in play that uh, you won't get a passing touchdown from this offense and that maybe Latavius Murray is the guy who might plunge into the end zone. I don't know. You can't you can't project them for more than one touchdown. Um, It's painful. Dalton mentioned uh, Greg Dulcich earlier and like Dulcich is probably the lone element of the offense that I feel okay about. But that's that's more an indictment of his position than it is a full endorsement of Dulcich. He's. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett actually talked about this this week. He's he's uh, last week. He he functionally was a wide receiver. They're just making him a wide uh, receiver now nope. because things are so Don't bad. Don't say that. <laughs> cut that, John. Cut that out of <laughs> producer John Lord podcast. Cut that out of the cut that out of the show. We don't discuss uh, we don't discuss this nonsense about tight ends actually being wide receivers. I, I can't allow that propaganda <laughs> into the air. No, but but seriously. Yeah, he was he was basically like a big stretch tight end in college. So it's no surprise he's been playing that yeah. role, Andy. Yeah. Um, so at, like if Dalton has him uh, tight end three, that is that is totally in play. He's going to get a ton of targets um, They're They're probably not going to finish with, uh, you know, he's probably not going to find his way to the end zone. Um, maybe this could be good for Jerry Judy if Cortland Sutton is out. It sure seems like Cortland Sutton's going to be out. But like, come on, we're talking about how they divvy up. I don't know, 175 passing yards. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Judy Dalton your guy go for it yeah first of all I was down on Dulcich a couple weeks ago I thought he would have benefited from a couple of busted coverages but now th- I mean he is really yeah. going to benefit now from no Sutton and a banged up Judy and being treated like a wide receiver so in a matchup where they're clearly going to be playing for behind that's why I have him as a top three tight end but let's talk Jerry Judy who's definitely getting buzzed this week a possible DFS play because he has these great numbers against man coverage no Cortland Sutton he was targeted like crazy per route last week um, but this Scott Barrett tweet should change everything. Uh, this year versus the cover one, he's getting 7.3 yards per route run versus all else, 0.7. And Kansas City runs the cover one at the eighth lowest rate. So you're just you're just kind of playing with man coverage uh, definitions there when looking at what his success has been. So uh, the fact that he's still missing practice this week with a limited ankle and um, and and that revelation. Uh, maybe gives pause and all the more Dulcich uh, week for that. But um, any thoughts on that, Harmon, who knows more about coverages than, than, than someone like myself? Yeah, well, I mean, that's typically what Russ has been successful at throwing throughout the course of his career. Like, it's, it's no one. surprise that, that Judy has, like, these yeah. outrageous splits against man coverage versus zone coverage because his quarterback is outrageously bad at deciphering zone coverage. But, like, if you ask Russ to just drop back and sling it against, like, a single high defense, like cover one would be, then, yeah, you would you you can definitely get that going. And, look, like, Judy, I don't think I've, I've dogged on Judy as kind of an overrated route runner. But the one thing he – I think he's more of, like – a splash big play deep threat type of guy. Um, and I think that is why you see those like splits against just single coverage, man coverage, like on the outside in a cover one situation, he can win those routes. So yeah, it's just that that's not really the way Kansas city operates as a, as a team. And I, I don't know. I just, I think their defense is pretty hit or miss Kansas city. So like, I get why Judy would be getting some buzz. Um, but yeah, that's, pro- that's probably my answer as to like the whole, the whole cover one thing. And they're vulnerable to the slot, I believe, which you can play. But I think, um, I guess my main, my main point was, it's interesting when you look at not all man is created equal, you know, hundred I mean, percent. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, they may play a lot of man coverage, but they're not playing specifically cover one, their, their opponent this right. week very much at all. So it's just worth noting. 
Yes, there's a big, I mean, obviously, I, I know I trade a lot in the, you know, man coverage, uh, zone coverage type stuff. But yeah, they're obviously from a situational perspective, there are differences. So when you see these extreme splits like that, and it, they, are, they, are, they are a perfect sort of match there, Judy and, and Russell Wilson, to have these like outrageous yards per route run versus man coverage stuff uh, because of their two strengths. But yeah, all, co- all coverage is not created equal. And a lot of it is about like, is the middle of the field open? Is it closed? Uh, you know, and then it does the, we know that Russell Wilson really struggles with any sort of of uh, middle field, middle of the field stuff. So um, there's a lot that goes into it uh, that we sort of simplify sometimes. And obviously, I'm I'm guilty of this as well. But yeah, when you really dive into it, there is there's a ton uh, that you could talk about there. That's some pretty good stuff, by the way, about the Denver Broncos. That's that's the most like in depth anybody's discussed Denver. I think in probably like a month. <laughs> one last note on one last note on the Broncos. It is pretty hilarious that they are. I mean, laughably, ridiculously. Um, disgustingly bad in the red zone and like the one thing that Nathaniel Hackett was responsible for in Green Bay despite like you know getting bullied by Aaron Rodgers and talking about Jeopardy um and you know just taking all Rodgers crap was like he apparently designed the red zone offense in Green Bay so I mean you can't you can't take enough shots at Hackett but that's that um Where, where are we sitting on Russ's touchdown passes versus bathroom update I haven't seen that is he still behind He's eight to twelve, right? Didn't you just say he has? They Sorry, have I eight missed, touchdown passes, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, That's, eight. Yeah, so we're he's not on he's not on pace, uh, basically yeah, to put it that way. To, um, like, should we talk about the Chiefs in this game? I'll, I, you know what? I'll, I'll just note that the Chiefs defense actually gets Denver uh, twice down the stretch. Right? It's this week, and then yes, it's they do. and then it's title week. It's uh, it's week seventeen as well. So that seems pretty friendly. Uh, if you if you placed a claim for them this week, um, you're probably feeling pretty good because not only do they have Denver twice, they've got Houston as well. So it's a it's a pretty good sequence for for the Chiefs defense. Uh, their offense is they like they maybe get Tony back in this one. That's kind of fun. So and they're probably a week away from getting Hardman back. So they're almost fully operational again. Yeah, I think Pacheco's firmly in the circle of trust. Uh, mm-hmm. But just 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 Andy, I do got to ask you before we move on. Give me something about Juju here, because you and I are are big. I'm not I'm not a Juju bro, but I have him on a lot of fantasy teams. Uh, so what <laughs> wh- wh- how are we feeling? I know you were a big Juju guy coming in this year, just like I was too. But um, what are we? What, how are we feeling about this? Um, we're well. I'm glad he's uh, seemingly healthy. He took a big shot last week too, and and took himself out of the game for a little while. Uh, he's been quiet, obviously, since uh, since returning. I'm. I now have him uh, a little bit lower, I think, than than at the start of the season. The start of the season, I was parking him right around like wide receiver 20. um, And that was a bad idea for a while until he finally popped. And then he had a string of good games. Um, And and now I've got him, you know, even in a week like this, so many players out, uh, I've got him just outside the top 24. Um, still think he's reliable because he's a chief, right? He's a chief. He's going to play. Um, but there is some variability to like which of these receivers hits in any given week. And, it, like it, everybody knew that Travis Kelsey was, you know, uh, top tier at his position coming into the season. I can't say that I saw a season coming in which he he might end up with like 18 or 19 touchdowns, but that's where we're headed for Kelsey. So like having one guy hog all the receiving touchdowns has has certainly <laughs> has certainly been a problem. For what it's worth, uh, the uh, Broncos absolutely shut down outside receivers, but they've allowed the seventh most fantasy points to the slot over the last month. Juju only runs like 44% of his routes there, though. It's not like crazy, but I just noted that in my in my sit-start column because I was having a hard time to write about the Chiefs. Is what, yeah, I mean, what, what do you do with that? But I think Juju's matchups is slight, kind of hiddenly, sneakily favorable this week. 
sneakily favorable i'll take it yeah they, they can really focus all their energy on shutting down mbs that should be a that should be a fun <laughs> battle to watch between him and pastor tan all right we've waited long enough buccaneers at 49ers 37 and a half over under we have oh we just love to see that andy i will let you start because i'm gonna just read off what you wrote on the outline here and, and you know watch dalton <laughs> squirm on the other side Andy Barron says it's going to take a heroic act of coaching to turn Brock Purdy into a playoff caliber NFL quarterback. Stay ready, Josh Johnson. Dalton, the, the disrespect to your guy here, Andy, state your case for why Brock I, Purdy, uh, I, you know, CFL talent. I just want to say, like, first of all, and this will uh, this will come out sounding a little bit insulting. I don't mean it that way. I love absolutely love that the 49ers fan base will rally to a bad quarterback um, the way they do, right? Like, they've done it for years. I think it's awesome. Um, I, I think it's endearing. Yeah, hard to see how that doesn't sound insulting. <laughs> I know. I get it. But, like, the way they would, you know, I, I'd crack a joke about, like, Nick Mullins on Twitter and the number of people who would come back at you with, like, a secret stat that proved that Nick Mullins was an elite quarterback was just, it was great, right? Like, you'd... You'd have a joke about him and people would be like, um, bro, do you even know uh, Nick Mullins passer rating on throws that are not intercepted or something? <laughs> and like, No, I don't know that. Um, I love the way they treat their bad quarterbacks. Um, that that said, I, I definitely think Brock Purdy is in the category of bad quarterbacks. I'm mildly surprised to find him in the NFL. Uh, he was fine as a big 12 quarterback, uh, a little in over his head when he when he played my Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, that never went well. But I will also say that he had some really nice moments uh, last week. I thought his best moments were were when like a free rusher was coming through and he knew exactly where to go with the ball and he made good decisions and like it it worked. It was fine. Bad Brock Purdy, at least again, I'm going back to his college days, but bad Brock Purdy is pretty bad. Um, so we'll see how this goes. I don't think he has uh, a, like necessarily an NFL caliber arm, um, which which is a problem. I thought he was a little slow to process in in college, but that certainly did not seem to be a, a problem against Miami. And if it's not a problem, it, like in his one big NFL game, then maybe it's not going to be a problem. Maybe they've already coached him up. Um, I'm just going to be real surprised if Brock Purdy is a thing. Dalton, I mean, I, I've listened. I just to let you know, uh, as soon as Andy started talking, I went ahead and pinned you on the Zoom so that I could just watch. And we need we need a super cut of like all of Dalton's like reactions as Andy Barron's yeah. speaking. <laughs> Dalton, the floor is yours. To, to uh, I didn't watch Purdy. him in college, so I'd be disingenuous to say if I if I knew much about the guy before you know this before he made him Mister Ir Irrelevant. Uh, his arm strength, I know, is in question, although. Uh, I read it was one mile per hour uh, faster than Jalen Hurts at the Combine. Um, so apparently he can still be effective at the NFL level. Uh, I do know the locker room is all in on BCB. The, yes. the Niners yeah. just absolutely love him. It's yes. not just the fan base. And I guess my best counter to you is, um, do you know right now, Andy Barron's, that the Niners are 9 or 10 to 1 to win the Super Bowl in Vegas? They're the fifth most fa favored team ahead uh, of the Bengals, the Vikings, the Dolphins, the Bucks. So... Um, I mean, Trey Lance returning is be Jimmy because G. Vegas knows that Josh leads. Johnson is going to be quarterbacking this team, Dalton. Yeah, oh. all right, okay. This is a loaded <laughs> roster. We got BCB who could do absolutely be a reasonable facsimile of Jimmy Garoppolo and work <laughs> underneath the field. And I, and I don't see why he can't uh, can't be Nick Mullins, second most passing yards in NFL history over Here his we go. first six. Boom! Starts. There it is. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> 
We go from BDN to BCB. Let's go. All right, let's go. It's Purdy time, and it's uh, no on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, did you see how much I spent on him in our in our in our uh, in our fantasy pros league, Harmon? Uh, no, I, I did not. In, All one hundred percent of my budget. All one hundred percent of my budget went on Purdy in the Superflex. You better believe it with Huntley available. So let's go. Yo, that reminds me, I gotta I gotta check my Superflex Dynasty League. I I I emptied the wallet for Purdy too, and I gotta see if I got him because I need to start him over with Aaron uh, Rodgers on by. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah I did. Yes, let's go. Right. BCB is on the, is on the <laughs> roster. Good. Good. That's awesome. Go. What? What? Andy, go ahead. Continue I'll just this let blast. the record show that I, Iowa hate, State has Iowa State has a literally a better quarterback right now than uh, Brock Purdy was like two years ago, and the kid this year is is only he's fine. I don't know. They're fine. Yeah, ninety fifth percentile breakout age. I don't know, man. I can like, see future. <laughs> My God, that was that was just the perfect. Like, people are saying he looks like Nick Drew. Mullins stat. By the way, like I I, I love the way the Nick Mullins throws used to come back at you. Many are saying he looks like the new Drew Brees. Many people are saying. <laughs> Many people are saying. <laughs> oh man, well I, I'm who, happy. Can you I'm name some of those people? This. Will you like shout out some of those people? <laughs> Majority might be in my house, but yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, he oh looks like God. Jeff Garcia 2.0, man. From uh, yeah, look a, a, a right, a, a short right-handed guy who can run mobile. He'll be doing those rollouts. He'll be a, a short A dot, and we'll do Ayuk, uh, Debo, McCaffrey. I heard someone speculation of Brady returning to uh, to the Niners next year, and 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 that would result in 200 targets for McCaffrey, which it totally would. That would be a, <laughs> yeah, a, oh my God, yeah. Anything. But um, anyway, man, I'm just coping here. Let's move on. Uh, we have a Super Bowl roster with the third string quarterback that was the literal last pick of the nfl draft um now i don't know well uh, what are you gonna do andy i mean i have a trey lance uh, artwork behind me and, and garoppolo love and they're both done for it's sad no i was hoping you could get the the fresh brock purdy uh artwork uh ready in time for week 14 perhaps you still can uh by by sunday if not for this podcast i i will again say like brock purdy's best moments against miami were pretty good um and it, it was better than anything that i saw uh when when he was in the big 12 so that's that's at least encouraging yeah i guess he stays prepared like absolute maniac and he's just super competitive and he's like even like screaming cussing out receivers like out uh, who trent williams said he's out there thinking like he's peyton manning yeah trent williams is drawing peyton manning comparisons i mean what could go wrong <laughs> all right let's do this Right. What could go wrong? I did go back and find that Ayuka interview you were talking okay, about. Okay, good, right? So, you saw that, right? Listen, uh, listen, if Ayuk's in, I'm in. He's on my <laughs> dynasty team. He's starting this week. Uh, BCB bros, me and me and Dalton. From Statner Thursday to BCB Let's bros. Let's go. Uh, that, that's us. Um, hey, the Bucks are playing in this game. Um, the I, By the way, I've been I've been leading the charge on the other. Like, what's going on in my house is the Brady speculation, Dalton. So I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. Um, tough matchup though for basically everybody involved. I know we're, we let's bring this back to a serious note here. I I guess we have to. Um, any confidence in any Tampa Bay Buccaneer player, Andy, going against this defense? Uh, um, I, yeah, it was it was disappointing to like I, Le- Leonard Fournette is fine. Um, but I, I found it a little disappointing to see him get as much run as he did a week ago. I thought he looked pretty lifeless. Um, I, I thought he yeah. went down fairly easily. I thought there were some plays where Rashad White really would have made some noise, uh, on which uh, Leonard Fournette did the bare minimum. Uh, so 
he's he's playing a little too much. Uh, I would like to see more white. Um, I don't think that either one of them can necessarily be a factor against the the Niners. Um, you know, like the, the Niners have just been uh, obviously they've been great de- defensively um, for for almost all of the year except when they're playing Kansas City. Um, so it brutal matchup for him. Um, Mike Evans has been super disappointing. Uh, you know, out, like out of sync with Brady. Um, yeah. dropping passes. Like it's just been a really rough watch, um, for him. Godwin, uh, playing very well, uh, playing like uh, almost vintage, uh, Godwin. So that's been, so that's been really good to see. Don't yet know what the tight end situation is going to be this week. Although I thought it was notable that, you know, Kate Otten had, had the huge touchdown a week ago and, uh, and 10 targets too. Yeah. Um, sucks that Mike Evans, one big play, the one rowdy really got, got, got free on of course the defender just does the smart thing and interferes with yeah them, but damn that was a bummer niners have allowed a total of seven points after halftime over the last five games the bucks have scored more than 22 points in just one game all season i do like chris godwin here though runs 75 percent of his routes out of the slot that's the one vulnerability from the niners did you see trent Sherfield on the first play of the game last week last week they're asking jimmy ward to simply play out of position he does not like that and he's their slot corner and it's has not been a great result so godwin i like in dfs this week all right we got a couple of um hmm. Let's call them peculiar uh, games to get through here before we get to Sunday Night Football. Panthers at Seahawks. Um, Dalton, I think the key to this game is the running back health on both sides. Yeah, for both teams. Seattle's been getting gashed by the run themselves. So if it's Hubbard would absolutely become like a top 20 option should Foreman sit. And he he said he's 95% sure he's going to play, which I don't know if that means. Um, but um, Hubbard and Foreman and obviously Seattle. There's a million injuries there. I guess Travis Homer um, is is relatively healthy, but it's all up to K-9, you know, is Walker's status. Because if you're using Tony Jones, you know, Tony Jones, I believe I even added in our 20-team Super League, Charles Robinson League, uh, Barons. I mean, that's how little people... Yeah. Wanted to do with Tony Jones, I use zero dollars of my fab on him too. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty over uh, Tony Jones. Uh, if like if that's what they end up being down to, it's just it's just not going to go well. They're not going to be able to do it on the ground. Um, it, it's such a murky situation. Uh, it's pr- I'd probably lean Homer, but like the right answer can also be that you don't have you know, like you don't have to start any any Seahawks running back if if Ken Walker isn't playing. Like Ken Walker would be like the one clear right answer. And everything else is just is just sort of a guess. The the, you know, like almost any Seattle game, any excuse to talk about Geno Smith, I think is uh, is really fun. Uh, just this is just like if you if you thought he was on a hot streak early in the season, like no, he's been he's been just like incredibly consistent. Uh, multiple touchdown passes in six straight games, and in nine of his last ten. The, the thing that I find most impressive about him is that it's not just that he's leading the NFL in completion percentage. It's that he's doing some of his best work uh, downfield, right? Like nobody's been this good on deep balls. He has the highest passer rating in the league on on balls that travel 20 plus yards downfield. Uh, 12 touchdowns on those throws, one interception. Um, he's He's just been phenomenal. Like he's not... Oftentimes, like some of the great, you know, completion percentage seasons in NFL history are like the the breeze years where like almost everything is going to Alvin Kamara. And it's like, obviously, Drew Brees was scary accurate, but it was also accuracy that was very short area. And that has not been Geno's season. Um, he's taken some chances like he'll he'll push the ball downfield. And obviously it helps when you're throwing a Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. But this this season has just been it's been it's probably been my favorite non-Justin Fields thing about this NFL season is uh, the year that we're getting from Geno Smith. 
Gino's improved his YPA every month this season, and over the last uh, and over the last four weeks, the Seahawks have the second highest pass rate over expectation behind only the Dolphins. I mean, it's wild stuff. Ben McAdoo, you know, offensive coordinator for uh, the Carolina Panthers, was talking to the press, and he's like, "I'm a big Geno guy." Like, remember when he start when he was the one that went out to start uh, Geno Smith over Eli Manning? So uh, it's nice to see those two guys uh, get their reunion in this game. Uh, speaking of Panthers offense, you know, Seattle fifth in terms of explosive plays allowed. Um, you know, if you're in need of, obviously, we talked about the running backs there, but a lot of that also comes from the passing game as well. I think DJ Moore's fine in this game. You know, Sam Darnold, they got him a lot of screen passes last week. But we talked about. Dalton, uh, but even Terrace Marshall, like as an outside receiver, uh, if you need, if you're desperate, desperate for bye week help, you know, he's been, I think he's been pretty good as an outside receiver there. Um, next game up, another divisional one, Ravens at Steelers. Steelers are two and a half point favorites. Um, it's the return of Mandrews, Dalton. Uh, you know, our guy, Mark Andrews, the Deontay Johnson of tight ends. As I as I've started to call him, which no that that nickname is not catching on. People did not like that, which I didn't, which I did expect to be the case. Uh, but anyways, we know Mandrew splits. We talked about him yesterday a lot uh, with Tyler Huntley back there. Yeah, he hasn't scored since week six. Continuously dropping balls in the end zone, but Andrews's target share jumps from nineteen percent to twenty eight percent with Tyler Huntley dating back to last year. 66 yards per game jumps to 92 yards per game. Pretty good setup this week against a team that's tough to run against the Steelers, but easier to pass on. So, I, I yeah, I mean, with, with Huntley there, um, I've moved Andrews to my number one tight end for the week. Andy, Tyler Huntley? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm... Tyler Huntley is one of those guys that I am playing over Deshaun Watson this week in, uh, in in Superflex, and it's it's not as if you know it's not as if it's like a teaching tape when Tyler Huntley is on the field necessarily, but like it, there there have been I think it was five games last year in which he played uh, over eighty five percent of the snaps uh, following Lamar's injury. Uh, in those games, he averaged. 208.4 passing yards per game, 56.8 rushing yards per game, was never below 40 rushing yards per game. Uh, and this is a pretty friendly matchup against Pittsburgh. They're ranked 28th against the pass, um, both in terms of yards per game and in terms of yards per attempt. They've allowed the most passing TDs on the season. So it should be a good week for Andrews. It should be a decent week for Huntley. Uh, I think he can sneak into the top 12 at, uh, at quarterback. Uh, Andy, uh, I, I'm going to say this to you because I thought about tweeting it yesterday and I know I should I should want the engagement like everybody wants the engagement on Twitter. But I'm like, you know what? This is not worth my this is not worth my time. But did you know that your guy, George Pickens, has a higher drop rate this year than everybody? The, the guy that everybody loves to rag on for drops, Deontay Johnson. Did you know that, Andy? I, I didn't know it. It feels true. Um, I'm I'm willing to acknowledge it. Uh, he's still my guy, though, because he's still a guy who's making heroic, like, yeah. mutant level catches. Um, I think he's really fun. I think it's weird that they basically ignored him a week ago. Although, um, he, you know, I don't I don't think they have such a dynamic quarterback that he's just always going to be able to support Deontay uh, Firemuth and, and Pickens in the same week. I just like to think they'd be able to find, you know, five, six downfield <laughs> targets for George Pickens. Yeah, it's a hilariously unserious offense. And the only, one of the reasons I didn't want to tweet that is because I'm not actually trying to be out here defending Deontay Johnson, who is like the most I, I like the like the player. I think he's very good. I think he's a great route runner, but he has got to be the most um, th egregiously mistake prone player uh, at the wide receiver. position. You're also not the guy who's out there like counting drops either. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. And that was another thing I didn't want to. Yeah, I, I listen. 
I'm I've I've grown up. Okay, you know maybe maybe eight <laughs> years ago I would have definitely put that tweet out there and argued with everybody that that was going to respond to me. But I'm not. I'm I'm trying to protect. Uh, you know, as as Marshawn Lynch said, you got to protect your mental sometimes. You know, so I'm, I'm that's what I'm I'm trying to do there. Uh, but yeah, no, I and I'm also not trying to bash George Pickens either, who I think is a good player. And again, both of these guys are being wasted, and Pat Fryermuth yeah. too in an unserious NFL offense with Matt Canada. All right, Sunday night football. Dolphins at Chargers. It's going. <laughs> Dalton just calls it the, the Acho Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Dalton, for the uninitiated, please explain why this is. <laughs> I I don't even follow this much, but Emmanuel Acho apparently loves Tua and is a big debate on the internets about uh you know obviously the whole Tua versus Herbert thing. But I wanted to talk to running backs too and just didn't want to follow up more on Andy. But yeah, the Acho, you go, you guys tell even more. You probably know more than me. It's funny that I I'm the one that wrote it. Uh, yeah, well, I did bring it up with uh, with Eckler this week about the whole, you know, Emmanuel Acho social media quarterback, Justin Herbert, and, uh, you know, and, and how much he's into defending to us. So it is it's definitely going to be a it, I was just I was going to call it the take bowl until I read uh, you, you called it the Acho Bowl, which I think is actually even better. So um, definitely takes will be absolutely flying everywhere about Herbert and Tua and everything. And I mean, look, um, Tua is definitely set up for a bounce back against this Chargers defense, which is just. I mean, Brandon Staley, bro, come on, man. Like, your defense cannot be this bad. Um, There's a lot to talk about with Brandon Staley. We won't have to get into that. But what we do know is that the defense stinks. And Andy, theoretically, we should be able to trust Jeff Wilson in this matchup. But not a great rollout last week. Yeah. uh, One one thing that I'm glad we can all uh, agree on is that we, we definitely cannot allow Tua and Justin Herbert to each be great in their own way. Right. We need to have a clear no. winner <laughs> and a clear loser there. I, I enjoy that. I have this I have this weekly hit that I do in uh, Miami. And man, we have to have a Herbert to a discussion every week. And I just I have in two years, I haven't had new uh, ammunition to bring to it. Right. It's like such a tired thing to talk about. And yet there there are corners of the Internet that will never, ever give it up um, to your to your question about Jeff Wilson. This is like obviously this is a blow up spot. Um, against the Chargers. Super friendly run defense has been all year. Jeff Wilson is coming off. Uh, well, in, in par- part of the issue last week is that they just simply gave up on running against uh, San Francisco. They they were having no success doing it. Wilson, outside of that, um, had a poor game. Like, you know, he, he was falling down. Um, it was it was just an ugly scene for Jeff Wilson. Raheem Mostert played a little more. That was that was rough to see. Um Wilson, in the end, played only 17 snaps uh, against the against the Niners, which can't be what he was looking for in a in a little bit of a revenge game for him. Again, out snapped, out touched by Mostert. Uh, but like somebody's going to blow up here against the against the Chargers. I still have a little bit of faith in Wilson, but it's but it's certainly shaken um, because we're we're sort of back to not knowing exactly if he's the if he's the one or if he's the one a or if he's just simply the number two now. It's a it's a little bit unclear after last week. Yeah, I mean, this looks like a matchup that Raheem Mostert could go absolutely crazy. Like it's one of the type of run defenses too that you know they're. I mean, they're so soft up front. I know they have injuries, but they're soft. They they play soft and like Mostert, I think could really could really rip this thing up. But at the same time, Andy, the pass game. I mean, Tua could really bounce back great in this spot too with the way that Staley theoretically wants to play defense. Like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are just gonna slaughter that secondary and zone coverage. I mean, you you would imagine like it should be. It should be a pretty tough scene. Like, this is definitely going to be the take bowl. And on the other side of it, man, I mean, obviously, Austin, we talked a lot about the, the Chargers a little bit. But, like, man, the receivers are such a problem there. I know Keenan Allen's back, but 
he doesn't look back back let's just put it that way and you know josh palmer's josh palmer like in the uh, the deandre carter thing like it's it's a tough scene in the Chargers offense. I, I will say that Allen barely came off the field a week ago. Like whether whether he looks yeah. fully back or not, they are using him as if he is uh, fully functional and absolutely back. Yeah, he'll make a few plays a game. Like I think he's I think he's still good, but I'm just saying like he doesn't doesn't look 100 percent like old Keenan Allen, which is just tough considering how badly they need receiver help. I like both Jeff Wilson and Moster in this game. It was weird last week. They just had eight total rush attempts against the Niners. I know there's a risk of a hot hand approach, but this matchup is the highest total of the week. Tua and Waddle are both banged up, both tackles too. So I could see Miami flipping the script and going really run heavy with Moster and Wilson against the Chargers defense that ranks 30th against the run in DVOA. They're allowing the NFL high 5.4 yards per carry, fourth most points to opposing backs. Um, and then quickly, conversely, um, to uh, I know we, we joked about uh, tight ends, fantasy points allowed, uh, adjusting for opponent. The Dolphins have been absolutely, arguably the worst this year. And with those injuries and the Chargers receivers, I think Gerald Everett uh, Parham, I believe, is designated, you know, his return is designated. But um, assuming J Everett's the guy there, really like him in this matchup, too, because this can be a high scoring game. The Chargers have the highest pace in neutral situations in the league this year. Um, so could be fun. I think a, a good game for the Miami running backs and, and Everett is a sneaky tight end play. Give me the under on 51 and a half. I know it has a high total, but um, I don't think the Chargers are capable of putting up points with the way their offensive line is and the way the lack of separation with the wide receivers. And um, yeah, I think that Miami leans on the run. I think they'd be right to do so because of the uh, uh, the offensive line concerns there. So I feel like this game goes under the total here. All right, last game up. Oh boy, what a banger. Patriots <laughs> at Cardinals. <laughs> Andy, I love that you just have like Kyler Murray not having a great time. Not having a great time lately. Oh, he's so salty uh, with everybody, with uh, with, but you know, Patrick Peterson, with ex teammates, with current teammates, uh, the coaching staff. He's got, I, like, he's not having any fun. Um, he also has not passed for more than two hundred yards in a game since uh, the end of October. And uh, that, I mean, shoot, what I wrote in the in the show outline is that I would just love to ignore the Arizona Cardinals as a franchise altogether. They are the they are the absence of of fun. This game is supposed to be fun and they are having none of it. Uh, yeah, that's a good that is a good point. Um, hey, the one thing that might make Kyle Murray feel pretty, pretty decent uh, is that the Titans set a precedent that you can give somebody an extension and fire them <laughs> in the same calendar year. <laughs> Uh, so I think like yeah. maybe Kyler might get not that I not by the way that I think Kyler is told. Oh, what a blameless guy that, you know, is just being thwarted by coaching staff and general manager. But if he really hates these guys as much as uh, as much as it seems, I think he might get out of uh, might get out of Cliff and, and Kime at the end of this year if, if the Cardinals want to go down that path. But Dalton, I, I know that Andy wants to shoot this franchise into the sun, but <laughs> I do, as I talked about yesterday, I remain really curious about, you know, Marquise Brown's usage in this offense and how it might relate to who plays the slot. Yeah, absolutely. That is my key question is who is going to play the slot if Greg Dortch returns. I'll just add that Kyler, maybe I'm, um, I'm falling for a false narrative, but Belichick defenses do tend to struggle against running quarterbacks. Maybe Murray's hamstring injury is healthier following the bye. He finally has Hopkins and Brown together. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like McBride is, is really ready to contribute. But if they get the slot guy, Dorch and Brown and Hopkins on the outside, um, again, healthier and at home, maybe Murray does start putting up a little better numbers. But yeah, it's been, it's been uh, disappointing so far. But he does have those receivers back now. 
this offense should not be as unfun as it is. Like DeAndre Hopkins, I right. think is still a, a, like a, a, a superstar wide receiver. I like Marquise Brown a lot. Like they've always, they've got a. I mean, they're always really just you know after that that one one more wide receiver is what's going to fix this team. One more <laughs> wide receiver. Let's make sure we trade for Robbie Anderson in the middle of the year. Um, but yeah, this offense shouldn't be that unfun. And it makes sense that the Patriots are unfun. It makes sense that neither one of you guys wanted to talk about them. It's basically Ramondre Stevenson, um, maybe Jacoby Myers, and mostly log out. Whatever. Um, I Whatever I will say that Arizona. I was going to say this year, but really my entire career as a fantasy analyst has been generous to tight ends. So tight ends. Um, I was going to go that route too, Henry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. John yeah. Smith was was invisible last week. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Andy. Well, um, I'm in such a bad spot at the the my BCB dynasty team. I, I think I've mentioned this on the show <laughs> that uh, I have to start with a straight face have to start John Smith this week because Kyle Pitts is out. Hayden Hurst is out and Taysom Hill is on a bye. So um, I'm hoping, listen, I it, one catch. I don't care. One catch, one big play. I'll take it. I'll take it. At the yeah. Time, Henry, at Henry the quietly led all new England pass catchers in snaps and targets last week. John who has two targets total over the last two weeks, but of course now <laughs> he'll, he'll probably blow up for you after, after saying that, but uh, yeah, it is a good matchup against Arizona. They've yep. been vulnerable against tight ends for years. Well, Dalton, um, I love you. You're, you're you're great. Love you on the show. But if that if you cause that reverse jinx, I will uh, I'll I'll let you. You can have you can have the dinner. You can have the you can have the lunch. Okay, like we'll, we'll cancel the Gabe Davis Mike Evans bet. You will du- let double it. We'll make it two lunches. I don't care. Uh, so you come through for me on that. Anything one. I right. can do for my BCB bro. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note. That is going to do it for us. Shout out to you guys. A great show today. Had a lot of fun. Um, that is going to do it, as I said. But for some great tweets, make sure you're following at Andy Barons For his one annual heater, make sure you're following at Dalton Del Don. <laughs> and, of course, you can follow me to see which tweets I do let loose. And, uh, you know, when I'm like, nah, you know what? I'm just going to keep that one in the drafts, which I do quite a bit. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore B. Why be while you're there, do yourself a favor and follow at Yahoo Fantasy as well. Scott Pianowski will be back with me on Monday morning to recap this week 14 of games. Until then, we're out.